You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. Groat's Procession A chorus of discordant horns sounded atop a high ridgeline, and Gwarth shielded his eyes, casting his gaze to locate the source of the sound. There along the bare hillock marched a motley line of odd silhouettes, some short and flabby, others lanky and knobby. The strange host carried an assortment of shields, halberds, and tattered flags, which seemed to resist the wind's invitation to unfurl. They moved slowly, more of them steadily emerging from a stand of trees at the bottom of the hill. The afternoon sun seemed pinned at its zenith, and Alyssa and her company had stopped along the roadside to wait beside a time-worn dolmen. It bore the fearsome visage of a tusked lord, clad in a high helm, his claw-like hands clutching a long spear. Lycan crusted the surface of the ancient stone, disarming the warrior's threatening features with its softness. Queen Elissa spied Gwarth, eyeing the totem skeptically, and smiled. His Majesty, King Grote of the Underbottom, he who held two swords pass against Archibast's forces during the violence and upheaval of the Red Summer. Gwarth continued to study the eroded sculpture, not breaking his gaze. Well, everyone knows that. We all grew up hearing the tales. And then he flushed, suddenly remembering he was speaking to the lord and sovereign of the green country. He quickly recanted, mustering as much awe as he could manage. Though it is fascinating to gaze upon his likeness, to be in the presence of such a symbol. Elissa grinned and let Gwarth grow a deeper shade of red before replying. Aye, perhaps symbol is a good way of describing Grote, or anyone whose actions leave such a weighty impression on the pages of history. The Queen's guard had taken on a thoughtful expression as he continued to regard the rough-hewn monument. I know well the reputation of the underfolk in my kingdom, Gwarth. The careless words of those uninformed take root in us when we are ignorant of direct experience. I suggest you meet King Grote with an open mind, so you might see the underfolk for who they really are. Gwarth turned to Elissa, his eyes wide with surprise. He's coming here? The queen gave the astounded guard a nod and flashed a sly smile. 
At that moment, the chorus of horns sounded once more, drawing their attention back to the parade. Netcher, who sat atop the carriage, squinted at the ridgeline and then spoke. I think I see the king. Durkey and Negwin set down the cards they had been playing and stood, turning to look towards the procession. From the copse of trees had emerged a towering form, an elaborate palanquin borne by no fewer than twenty underfolk. The first in the parade would soon meet them, and Alyssa called her guards forward. Gwarth, Negwin, at either side of me. Durkey, Netcher, you stand beside them. The queen's entourage took their position as the first of the underfolk neared them. Without word or salute, Groat's company began to form a line running parallel to Elissa's, though soon it far outstretched that of her little traveling band. Gwarth studied the underfolk who continued to pour in across from him with a curiosity he tried his best to conceal. Elissa's presumption had been correct. He had only heard tales of the underfolk, though never had he seen nor met them. The folk from below the mountain, the peoples of stone and dirt, of chilly caves and hollows, of cold springs deep within the earth, they who told secrets below the hills. Fangs and tusks protruded from lips set in stern lines. Upturned noses bore piercings and tattooed lines across their bridges. Large, deep-set eyes, ranging in color from golden yellow to shadowy crimson, gazed back at Gwarth, their pupils a sharp black sliver. Some wore helms of dusky blue steel, others had dark hair that fell about their shoulders in careful braids. Some had skin the color of pale green lichen, and others the dusty purple of sparkling granite. Uniformity was missing in the underfolk. They ranged in size, with some only several feet tall, to others who towered above the queen and her company, some lanky, and others hulking and beefy. Though he was too preoccupied to notice, all those ideas that Gwarth had carried within him were dissolving away. Uncivilized was the word Gwarth had most often heard to describe the underfolk, though seeing them now, it was clear this designation utterly missed the mark. They were the people of the heart of the mountain, those who knew the lost tongue of an ancient earth. They simply belonged to a different world. The grand form of Groth's palanquin was edging closer, casting a shadow over those who had come before him. Silently, they parted to allow for this mobile throne to take position front and center. Elissa and her troop cast their eyes up to regard the immense form of King Grote. He was a giant, and though ancient and stone still, the muscles on his massive bare limbs stood out. In seeing Grote, it was clear there was no exaggeration to the legends which surrounded him. He sat unmoving, eyes closed, and with skin the color of rock, 
he might as well have been a statue. From the silent throng that flanked him emerged one who appeared female, with a shock of white braids running down the center of her head to fall in long strands that reached her waist. She strode forward to stand before Grote, and in a clear voice addressed all who had gathered. First, she spoke in a tongue which Gwarth did not recognize, its intonation guttural and jarring. She paused and then spoke again, this time in the elfin language, her pronunciation crisp, yet still heavy with accent. I, Breka, scion of Groat's brood, present he who is king of those lands without sun, lord of all that lies below and beneath. All in the small army of underfolk who had gathered then raised their shields high. Each bore a different image, wrought in a multitude of colors and designs. A red crescent moon set amid a field of blue-black. The face of a cave wyvern etched in moss green, or a pair of watchful eyes carved deep into the shield's surface and gilded with glimmering silver. Queen Elissa bowed low before the lord of the underbottom, and her company followed suit. Brecca stomped her bare foot on the earth once, and then again, and then the horde of underfolk joined her. The ground shook with the combined force of their footfalls, and the carriage creaked and swayed. Very slowly, King Grote opened his eyes. Those two great globes shone golden yellow like the autumn moon at harvest time. They seemed to cast a light, looking so alive against the slate gray of his age-old flesh. Elisa looked up to meet Grote's formidable gaze, and Brecca threw up her hand, and in a breath's time the stomping ceased. In the space of silence, Elisa raised her voice. O oh, great King Grote, we remember your heroic deeds on this day and honor you, for without your intervention at Two Swords Pass, our long ages of peace would be but a dream. Elissa bowed once more, and Grote shifted his massive head in a nod of acknowledgement to the Queen's gesture of obeisance. Once more the rumble of stomping began this time with even more intensity. Gwarth looked into the faces of the underfolk and saw great pride there, and an understanding blossomed in him. The incredible deeds of their king were all that bound them to the other houses of the green country. Elissa's recognition and the previous recognition of all the rulers of the green country served to renew this bond for without it, their allegiance belonged to no one. And why should it? They lived in a world apart. A rumble deeper than the thunder of footfalls cut through Gwarth's epiphany, bringing him back to the moment. King Grote had spoken a word, and once more silence fell upon them. The ancient sovereign continued, his words slow and heavy, reverberating with a tectonic depth. Gwarth could feel the king's unknown speech rattling his skull, making his teeth vibrate, 
It was the voice of a mountain he heard. Grote finished his speech, nodded his head slowly, and then the great lids of his eyes drifted closed. Brecca stepped forward once more to offer translation. I am grown old, and my bones are heavy with the weight of eons. I now go to find rest in the mountain, to sleep amongst my ancestors, the rocks and stones. I entrust my kingdom to the daughter of our land, Brecca. May she return again in three hundred years, and hear the praise of my people, and remember those deeds which have bound us. Now Elissa met Brecca's keen eyes, and bowed her head forward in a gesture of respect. We shall return, and will honor your memory, for as long as the mountains stand tall in this land, for as long as the stones sing their ancient songs. Brecca nodded at Elissa's proclamation, the slightest smile turning up the corners of her mouth. The poetry in Alyssa's words had pleased her. With that, she turned to go, and slowly the great litter which bore King Grote began to rotate away from them. Back up the hill they went in a steady line, back through the woods, to return to their home below the mountains, by paths only they could trace. Elissa and her band watched them go, until the last black silhouette had disappeared into the shadow of the forest. The End If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!